Welcome to the Health Leaders Finance Podcast. I'm Jack O'Brien, Finance Editor of Health Leaders. My guest today is Jenny Barnett Sarpolis, CFO of LCMC Health in New Orleans. Jenny, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Jack. We're at the halfway point of 2020, a whirlwind year that has presented unforeseen financial obstacles to hospital executives. Though the first wave of COVID-19 has slowed in recent weeks, hospitals are left with the challenging prospect of re-examining their financial position, as well as planning for the rest of the year and into next. Hospital finance leaders have to analyze the damage done from the virus and also look to implement effective revenue growth strategies and expense control measures going forward. With these challenges in mind, I'd like to start our conversation there. Jenny, as of this recording, what can you say about LCMC's financial standing? How is it affected by the first wave of the pandemic? And how is the organization recovering? Thank you, Jack. Um, so we at LCMC Health were fortunate uh, to be in a strong financial position heading into the pandemic. However, our hospitals, as you know, were hit hard and fast with New Orleans being one of the hotspots in the country. Um, we diligently monitored and managed liquidity and cash flow requirements, particularly in light of the significant increases in supply and PPE costs, uh, premium labor costs, and emergency capital, all that were, were required to treat our patients. The financial impact to our system in March and April alone exceeded $58 million, and the estimated impact for us in May and June, as of yesterday, will probably be a minimum of $43 million. So the receipt of the stimulus funds has been absolutely critical in helping us to mitigate uh, our losses. Our elective cases are beginning to return, but the ramp up that we've seen is slower um, than we had um, projected. We have also been very proactive in our community outreach to patients to let them know that hospitals are safe and also to communicate the importance of not delaying patient care. Yeah, I imagine that it's got to be an issue, especially not only getting patients to trust going back into the hospital and feel safe, but I imagine it's also got to be something that's important in terms of being able to provide that care and be able to ramp up services again. Absolutely. And we are doing our best to communicate that timely and make people feel safe and returning to the hospitals and getting the care that they need. I guess that kind of leads into the next question, which is, how has the coronavirus affected your role as a CFO? And kind of a follow-up to that, is there more of a focus now on diversifying the organization's portfolio going forward? So what I'll say to that is um, with any crisis, um, including the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, one important underlying principle that I've learned is remain calm, <laughs> um, which is hard to do uh, when you're in the middle of such a crisis. Um, because the COVID-19 hit us so quickly and so fast, we had to adjust and adapt quickly, and we also had to be creative. We quickly adapted to remote and virtual work environments. Um, I'm sure our other um, sister and organizations did as well. We had to get very creative with our supply chain and procurement processes, um, as the supplies and the PPE were not available through our normal distribution channels. 
So we were dealing with vendors whom we had never dealt with before. Um, many were overseas. We were really placing blind faith in, um, in that these suppliers would deliver uh, with a lot of money at stake. So um, we had to be very creative and, and, very, um, and very flexible and agile. Uh, we were very successful, though, as a result of our efforts, and our organization fortunately never ran out of PPE, although we did uh, get critically low at times. We never ran out, and we were able to provide the care and the um, supplies for our patients and for our employees that we needed to help us during this time. Also, our telehealth and our virtual care platform ramped up overnight from going from uh, probably about a couple hundred cases pre-COVID to now well over 20,000 virtual visits in total. Relative to our portfolio diversification, uh, telehealth and virtual care is definitely here to stay. Um, I don't see that going anywhere um, in, the, in the future. The telehealth and virtual care is very efficient. Uh, patients seem to like it. Physicians seem to like it. Um, it definitely can't replace all of our outpatient care, but I definitely think it will continue and that we will continue to invest in this area. Um, we have. We've also applied for telehealth grants, and um, we are definitely looking to that to incorporate into our, our portfolio going forward. I remember when I spoke to your CEO back in April, and that was a big thing that he was talking about is, you know, having those services not only available, but being able to ramp up and meet the demand and still have them around for whatever the foreseeable future is and making them a mainstream part of the care delivery system. So it'll be interesting to see how that is not only at your organization, but other provider organizations across the country going forward. Absolutely. I think it's a critical area of focus for all. It definitely has changed the healthcare paradigm, I think. Well, speaking about paradigm shift and kind of looking at things that may not have been traditional uh, opportunities for growth of your organization, I'm curious where you're looking to boost revenue going forward. I know that organizations have for so long relied on these elective surgeries, but obviously saw that they're vulnerable to something like a pandemic. So what are some areas that you're looking to boost revenue, but on the same side also look to cut costs or manage expenses to a reasonable degree? Yeah, Jack, to be honest, right now, we're focused on returning our revenue streams to pre-COVID levels. Um, we need to restore our elective procedures and, and get them back to um, the pre-COVID levels. And I mentioned this earlier, to do that, we need to help our patients understand that it's okay and safe to return to our hospitals for care and the importance of not delaying their care. And that really is our focus right now is trying to reestablish and get back to our baseline. Um, at the same time, we are focused on growing and developing our telehealth and our virtual care that I mentioned earlier. Um, that service line in particular, I think there's opportunity for growth, although that um, obviously is you know, at a very different reimbursement level than traditional care levels. So we are, we are focused on growth, but we have got to, to get our hospitals back, back to our baseline and then go from there. On our cost-saving initiatives, we're also focused on getting our expenses back in line pre-COVID. Uh, we saw a spike, as I mentioned earlier, in our 
supply costs was tremendous. Um, and also our labor costs, we were paying um, a lot of premium pay, shift differentials, and to keep our labor force intact and redeploy the labor as needed. So we're really focused on trying to return and get our expenses back in line with the, the pre-COVID levels. Uh, we had significant premiums in all um, areas of expense uh, due to the surge of COVID-19. It's interesting when you talk about trying to get things just back in line. It's, it seems like it's been so long ago since this all began and now trying to revisit how, you know, what effective expense control measures you had before this. I imagine it's just got to be almost a foreign concept for some organizations to say, well, we did it this way, but that was a whole world ago. That was that was pre-pandemic for whatever that normal seemed to be. Yes, absolutely. I think everybody is, is really focused on just returning to the baseline first and then figuring out how you grow from there. Some hospitals have, you know, really struggled to just to just even stay in business, to be honest. I want to kind of bring it into our last question here, which is just how LCMC is looking at its prospects going forward. Obviously, people keep talking about this potential for a second or third wave in the fall. If it mixes in with flu season, you know, we could be dealing with something that's as bad, if not worse, as what we saw in March and April. So how is the organization, financially speaking, trying to position itself so it's not faced with a liquidity crunch like other hospitals and health systems were? And, you know, just what's your general feeling as we go into these months of ramping back up to then potentially have to ramp back down again? Well, I'd have to say, um, in summary, that we are prepared um, for another surge. We have been very diligent and very careful about managing and monitoring our liquidity, our cash flow requirements, making sure that we have available liquidity to us at all times. We have been hyper-focused on updating our projections so that we know what the impact will be um, on a run rate basis and then should we have another surge. We also were forward-thinking, I would say, when we were going through the first uh, wave or the outbreak of the pandemic on our um, supplies and our PPE, uh, knowing that we might need to stock uh, and keep our levels at a, a higher rate for future outbreaks or occurrences. So I think we're in a really good position there. And I was, will say that we became very adept at managing our labor pool. We um, benefited from being um, a system. We have a children's hospital in our portfolio. And during the pandemic, there were no volumes at the children's hospital. And while that was very unfortunate for them, um, it greatly benefited the system because we were able to redeploy all of that personnel to help out our other hospitals in the system and that really worked very well for us so we really became very good at managing the labor pools and the resources i guess i would say that we learned a lot from the disruption and we are and have figured out how to leverage that to propel us forward forward so in summary i would say we are very prepared for hopefully not another resurgent, hopefully not a next wave, but in the event there is one, we are prepared. Well, it's good to know that your organization not only seems to have a plan in mind, but also, like you said, being a system, having the resources available to make that plan actionable. So it'll be something to 
that we, like you said, hopefully there's not another surge, but if there is, it sounds like you guys are, are ready to be there on the front lines. We are, we are ready. And we are all hoping that that does not occur, but we're, we're ready and we're prepared if it does. Absolutely. Well, that's it for my questions. Jenny, it's been wonderful speaking with you today. I, I really do thank you for being on the show and sharing your insights with us. Thank you, Jack. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on the Health Leaders Finance Podcast. Until next time, keep taking care of your patients and each other.